start out in Psalm 100 tonight. Psalm 100 tonight. Psalm 100. And as we get started here, let's just have a quick prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, very thankful just to be here tonight as we get to come to have a chance to share and just talk about, and I pray that that is just the focus of you, is that we would truly just have an evening where we talk about thanks and what you've done and what you're going to do. You, we give praise, honor, and amen. Now, what we normally do here on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is we stop our study. You know, we were in Daniel, so we're going to take a little break for that. And we just talk about thankfulness, Thanksgiving. Obviously, tomorrow, Thanksgiving. Um, and I usually say about the same points every single year we do this. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday of the year. It doesn't have the hustle bustle of Christmas. And it's just a nice day to stop and really just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And what you're doing. Now, as we mention every single year with Thanksgiving, the tendency is Thanksgiving takes up only a small chunk of the day because the rest of the day gets overshadowed generally by Christmas. You guys will exchange Christmas lists tomorrow. You'll start talking about Christmas ideas. Some of you will leave right after the meal is done as go start Christmas shopping already. And if you watch anything, Thanksgiving parade, we know that Santa Claus brings up the end because Thanksgiving only seems to last for just a tiny little bit and then we're boom right into Christmas. And what a shame is that we don't have a longer time to really just stop and say, Lord, thank you for what you've done and thank you for what you're going to do. Now, for you that have kids or you've raised kids, you know, one of the things that you always push to your children is that idea of saying please and thank you. For devotions at home, one of the books we're going through, the word that we've been working on the last couple of weeks is gratitude, that idea of being thanks. And I've been telling the boys, I really want you to work on your please and thank yous for anything that people do for you. And so I didn't think they were doing a really good job at it. And so what happened is one day I just quietly kept track of how many times they said please and thank you without being prompt. So now if I would prompt them and say, what do you need to say? They didn't get a point for that. So then at the end of the day, I bought candy for the person that had the most please and thank yous. And once you know it, little Layden, the two-year-old, won. And so what happened is the older boys were really bothered by that. So they made up their own list, and they carried their little list with them, and they purposely just started saying please and thank you to, to somebody else. But as they did it, they were looking at me. Like, you know, Ken and I really want to thank you. And, and they would mark it. And I said, it doesn't count, guys. And so they asked, so when are you going to do the competition again so we can be ready? I said, it doesn't work that way, guys. I said, you, you need to just, it's a part of you or in your heart. You are so thankful for what somebody has done. You're so appreciative of what they've done. You don't need to be prompted to do that. Because now spiritually, I hope it's the same. We are so thankful for what God has done for us that we don't have to be prompted to say, did you tell God thank you? Have you praised him today for what he's done? That should just be a normal occurrence in your life because you're just overwhelmed with what the Lord has done for you. Now, at this point, there's sometimes a person that sits there and says, well, I have nothing to be thankful for. You know, my response to that is always very simple. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You always have something to praise for. You always have something to be thankful for. You may not like the circumstances in your life. You may not like the cards that have been dealt to you. You may not like some of the situations you are in. But you have a Savior who died on the cross for your sins. And because of that, you have eternity in heaven. That's something to be thankful for. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here teaching. Because to be quite honest, if we need to be taught, that we're supposed to be thankful, boy, we got to go back to square one. We all know it. It's learning that appreciation. Look at Psalm 100, five little verses. Look how it starts. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Stop right there. First thing to be thankful for is in verse 3, you were created. That's the first thing to be thankful for. Now, every now and then you run into one of those little Eeyore people. I wish I never was born. Come on. God created you. Infinite God took time to create you. It says in Jeremiah that even before you were born, the Lord was thinking. Now, Psalm says that he knit you together in your mother's. You were created by God. Next part of verse 3. 
We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That carries the idea that we are his sheep, he takes care of us. He meets our needs. One of the things we always do with the boys when we talk about gratitude and thankfulness, we'll sit down there and I'll say, do you guys have food in your belly? Yeah. Do you have clothes on your body? Yeah. Do you have a house? Do you have a roof over your head? Yeah. We're thankful. I, I doubt any of us came here tonight struggling, and I use the word struggling. You may be hungry, but you're not struggling for food. I don't think any of us are going to go home tonight saying, I don't have a place to lay my head. We have a lot to be thankful for. Look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. And bless his name for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Look at verse 5. His mercy is everlasting. We have eternity and thankful for salvation. His truth endures to all generations. The truth of God's word. We're thankful for that. Stay in Psalms and just go to Psalm 68, please, real quick. Psalm 68. One little verse, but it's an important one. Psalm 68. This is one of these verses to write down, memorize, underline, mark, put on the fridge. Psalm 68. It's kind of thrown right in the middle of this really funky chapter. And if you read all of Psalm 68, it's kind of an interesting chapter, and this verse is smack dab right in the middle of it. Look at Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. Now, if you ever wonder what that word Selah means, that word Selah means pause, meditate, think about it. That's what that word means. So when David was filled with the Spirit to write this, he wrote that phrase, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Stop and think about that for a second. Daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Every day, God is blessing you with something. He really is. Now, once again, if you're in one of these little woe is me moments of I have nothing to be thankful for, you've heard me teach before, if I run into somebody like that, I don't try to convince them. I can't convince you you're blessed. If you don't realize Jesus dying on the cross for your sins is something that is utter amazing and a blessing, then I can't convince you of anything else. I've tried before and I've shared with you. You go up to people and you say something like, you know, they come and say my life is horrible your life's horrible yeah my life's horrible yeah but but i you know i've been to your house you're blessed with the house yeah my house needs a new furnace needs a new roof okay well you drove here in a car you call that car that car is going to fall apart whatever you say they're just going to find something negative about you can't win with that verse 8 excuse me verse 19 god is daily giving you a benefit and if nothing else if you can't think of one thing happening in your life to be thankful for look at that last phrase of verse 19 again the god of our salvation now you can't make a negative out of that you have salvation you have heaven god says be thankful for that now last passage i'm going to share with you before we move on to our next thing go to luke 17 because i hate to say this psalm 100 and psalm 68 that's the goal. You want to be like that. The problem is we're more like Luke 17. Luke 17, please. We live in a nation where we have so much, so much. We have so much stuff that we build extra buildings to live outside of our house to store the stuff we can't keep inside of our house. We have so much stuff. We're the type of people that we go, and I did this today. I, I opened up the fridge, and Dawn said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for something to eat. Now, my fridge was not empty. just didn't have what I wanted. And woe is me. I had to go open a can of soup. You know? Look at Luke 17. You probably remember this story from uh, Sunday school. Verse 11. Now it happened. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Well, we just have to stop for a second here real quick. A little bit of background. If he's near Samaria, 
No good Jew would go through Samaria. Samarians were hated by the Jews. They were a mixed race of people. They were half Jewish, half Assyrian. And so the Jews looked down upon them. And also these men were lepers. Verse 12, if you know anything about Old Testament law, lepers were not allowed to be near anybody. Unclean. If they came near somebody, they had to yell, unclean, unclean. You couldn't get near them. You couldn't touch them. These men lived ostracized. These men lived isolated. Verse 13, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, if we were teaching this on a Sunday morning, we would spend a lot of time on verse 14. As they went, they were cleansed. They walked in faith. And as they walked in faith, they were healed. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him, here's our word, thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, we could sit here and say, okay, these guys were lepers. Before they could go back to their families, remember, they haven't been around anybody. They would be around their families if they had kids or kids or spouse or anybody. They had to go to the priest first. The priest would have to check them out, make sure there's no leprosy, and then the priest would declare them clean. So, understandably, they're excited. They, they, they get to return to life. But there's one guy that was so excited he wanted to give glory to God first and give thanks. And you know what? He was the one out of ten. Now, I don't think God is ever trying to be a mathematician here. But I'm going to be honest with you. I fall into this category. I probably stop and give thanks probably about 10% of the time. Isn't that about the truth? I started thinking about that. Lord, I probably really stop about 10% of the time and really stop and say, wow, Lord, thank you. Every time before we go someplace, we always stop and pray, Lord, keep us safe as we travel. Give us opportunities to minister. Lord, be with us. And we get home. Guess what we do as soon as we get home? Nothing. We get out of the car and go inside. We don't stop and say thanks. Every single Sunday, the service is covered in prayer. Every Wednesday, it's covered in prayer. Lord, bless the worship. Bless the ministry. Bless the fellowship. Bless the word. Bless everything. Church gets done on Sunday. What's the first thing we do? Boy, I'm hungry. Lord, why not stop and say thanks? It's only the big things. I mean, it has to be really big to stop and give God thanks. Like, like the, the, the test results came back good. Oh, Lord, thank you. You know, those are the ones that we give thanks. Every little thing in life, I mean, we don't have to give thanks for every little thing. I mean, he understands. No, Psalm 68, he daily loads us with benefits. I tell you, if the only thing you get out of today's message is this, God is doing everything every day for you. Everything is a thanks. Everything. If you walked into this building tonight, amen. You know, it's just what a blessing it is to be here and what a blessing it is to think about what God did. And there's one guy out of ten that stopped and realized that. I'm telling you right now, the people I notice, and I'm not being judgmental, this is just what I notice, the people that are unthankful towards what God, God has done generally do not have a very deep relationship with Christ. Because when you are truly thankful for what everything God has done in your life, there is a deepness in your walk in relationship with Christ because you realize it's not me. There's no way this could be me, and it has to be the Lord. And so, Lord, I am so thankful, so thankful. So normally what we do at this time as we stop, we don't do prayer requests on, on this night. This is something we do. Is we give an open time here for the next whatever, 10 minutes or so, because we want to leave time for communion, where if you want to stop and give God public thanks for something he's done, tonight's the night to do it. Maybe there's something that's happened in your life, and you said in the back of your mind,